Nico. Yep. You're a businessman. Of course. Do you ever miss the good old days when we could just take clients out to the strip club? (laughs) (laughs) Never did that. (laughs) Mark, I'm just kidding. I apparently learned nothing from the movie we just watched. Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspect. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an offer again with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Mark, what are we watching this week? We are watching Promising Young Woman, everybody, which just came out last year. And for those of you that didn't get a chance to see it, it debuted at the Sundance Film Festival. And a quick recap is our main character, Cassie. Nothing in her life is what it appears to be. She's wickedly smart, tantalizingly cunning, and she's living a secret double life by night. Now an unexpected encounter is about to give Cassie a chance to right the wrongs from the past. Dun, dun, dun. And once again, I had to go to I had to go to our secondary sources this week, gentlemen. IMDb let us down with our recap. So uh, Google, appreciate your synopsis as always. You're there in a pinch if we need you, and we needed you. So I just like your reading great? of it. I like your reading of it. You know, wouldn't it be great if you could just ask Hey Google, Google to describe a movie? And wouldn't it be great if we got money for that sort of thing? Just That's throwing true. it out there. You would think. I know. Exactly. I just, Good point. It's an idea. I'm an ideas guy. I don't know. Good point. Uh, so, moment in time. Obviously, none of us had seen this. This is nominated for Best Picture for last year's movies. None of us got to go to the movies last year. The last movie I saw in the theater was The Call of the Wild, which was literally over a year ago. And, uh, and I still haven't been to the movie theater since. So... This really made me miss the movie theater because I think this was the first new movie that this I hadn't uh, that I got a chance to see in the movie I, theater. Yeah, it would have been, and I just I really think it was the first movie I've seen in the last year that I was really wowed by. I guess, and I, there's still a lot I didn't get a chance to see yet. But uh, anyways, but it, obviously we don't have much of a moment in time, so this was fresh for all of us. Uh, Very I, fresh. I watched it today. You watched it today. I watched it the last three days. Because I forked out six ninety nine, so our first time director could get some cheddar out of this potentially, and and I watched it, only cost it me repeatedly. What the? Well, you know, Cox is upcharging me for HD. I don't know. Oh, I did it on Amazon. I did it on Amazon VOD. Got it, Nico. Uh, how'd you feel about this movie? I'm dying no. to know. Are you really? Yeah, we don't. I didn't reveal this one. I. Fellas, I loved it. It was powerful. It was hard to watch. It kind of had... I remember... I haven't had this much tension while watching a whole movie since I saw Uncut Gems, like, 16, 18 months ago. And it just stuck with me the whole time. It was serious content, and it... It, it hit me, like, a, in the chest with a sledgehammer. And But I did enjoy it. I, I probably think it's the best movie that came out last year. I do. I'm and, just uh, so happy you loved it. I was so... Curious because we didn't really get a chance to talk. At right, all, so. isn't that nice? We were, and I, we and I going refused in to blind, tell you. and you yeah. refused to tell me. You left me on pins and needles, and I was kind of like, "Oh my god, I hope he didn't dislike it because I really, really loved it." Yeah, I really, really loved, loved it loved too. It. Yeah, it's probably the best movie of last year. Probably deserves to be best picture. Probably won't win best picture, but I'm so glad we're going to talk about it because there's a lot here. There really is. Especially yeah, as three is. guys talking about it, too. To be honest, what this movie did is made me excited to see some of these other movies that I haven't seen. And I think it did the same for Jeff, because we kind of talked about that. It gave me hope. It, yeah, it did. It gave me hope, I, exactly. I, had, I was, I was like, oh my god, dreading Oscar season, and I was like, okay, there's there, there, there's stuff out there. There's good things. And maybe, it's, maybe this was like, the rest will be a letdown from here. It's hard to say. But um, it, really, it really gave me hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what worked for you, Nick? Let's get right into it. There's a lot. the re- The reveal of the story they didn't really explain a lot. It was kind of left to assumptions, and it unwinded itself perfectly. Right? Like we never found out why her friend killed herself. 
and they, and they didn't need to tell us really you know they didn't need a reveal of that I thought the female revenge plot was good they didn't hold anything back it was, it was serious like I said sledgehammer to the chest is how it felt I, the serious of the content it was very appealing in 2021 it's something that we need to talk about more and they kept it very honest and I think the music and the costumes were right dead on too <laughs> I kind of felt like her costume at the end was a mix between um, Kill Bill and the Joker from <laughs> Dark Knight so I didn't know what to make of it but it worked it was her love letter to Britney Spears Jeff I know you saw a bunch of this right Oh yeah, there's the the, the <laughs> I mean Toxic plays twice. The soundtrack in this movie is fantastic. Uh, for me, so the... N- Nico, the director loves Britney Spears. Okay, yep. all right, and, fill and, me in. <laughs> and, and, Which is like to the point where she's a very Nico centric soundtrack. She's very like borderline obsessed with it and openly mm-hmm. will admit it. And Emerald fennel, Emerald fennel, exactly, mm-hmm. Emerald fennel. And she's just absolutely been in love with Britney Spears her whole life. I got it in my notes here. And that opening scene when she walks up to that bachelor party, that's Britney Spears' Toxic playing on the violin. Uh-huh. And uh, she's she just... What do I have here in my notes? She's a self-declared massive fan of Spears and considers this song to be one of we the best to- of all time. We get two time. versions of Toxic in yeah, the same we do. movie. Right. Uh, I, she, I also think uh, Mulligan resembles Britney Spears to some degree in the face. So I, that's I, that's interesting I too. That. I yeah. see that. I'm looking at the photo uh, right now. I'm like, I definitely see that. You, so, uh, yeah. For the, for those of you that don't know, and my joke earlier, our friend Nico is a huge Katy Perry fan. And <laughs> loves. Like, did you like? Were you a were you a little fair goer, Nico? Yeah. No, I was a Taylor <laughs> Swift fan too. A little okay. fair. But he did is a he is a Taylor he is a Taylor Swift fan. And yeah. so I knew that he would love this soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew Nico would be feeling it. <laughs> uh, um, Mark, what else worked for you? Uh, cat, oh, well, okay, so the opening scene is really, really good, right? It just kind of jumps. It makes you just dive right in. When, Did the Adam Brody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she, just when she's on the bed there and all of a sudden she sobers up and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and you're breaks just like, third, I love how she breaks the third wall, but it's really the only time she does it. I, yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. Okay, Carrie Mulligan, she's just really good. She carries this whole damn movie. Holy cow. This is her coming out party for those that still don't know who she is. I, I, I know there's She's good in everything. That. But she's, she's good in everything. Really but she's good for, in this. She's, yes. I feel like she's forgettable in everything too. When I look back at all of her movies, I don't like think of any one movie Carrie Mulligan's mm. in. I'm gonna and disagree. She's been nominated for an Oscar before, and Education is is big time. Yeah, I ag- I agree. But the movie that she's been nominated for an Oscar for, I don't even think most people have never even seen it. It's great. I remember. <laughs> this is a side story. My bu- it is good. My buddy. He chastised me for not including an education in my best films of the year that year. He said it was the best movie of the year, and I fucked up big time. And I'll never forget that. I think yeah, I made my list that year. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. So, Mark, you would agree, disagree. though. Most people have not but seen that movie unknown. and There's have no clue. I, I agree with the coming out party statement. I'm not, like, I I'm feel not like this movie, people are going to remember her for this movie moving forward. That's what I'm trying to say here. I'm not sure if they will or not. I don't know if this movie's going to get... We'll see how the Oscars do. I feel they like a lot not, of movies are going to get lost this, this year, This movie might not ever get seen because of the, the pandemic, unfortunately, right. too. You're right. So that's unless I mean, sure. unless it wins Best Picture or something, like, it's still... I bet you there's a lot of people in the street we can say, have you heard of Promising Young Woman? And they haven't heard of it. Yeah. It's unfortunate. No, for so sure. So we're doing this yeah. pod. We're, gonna, we're promoting this thing. Yeah, that's right. good idea. That's right. No, absolutely. The whole world's going to hear of it now. Just tell me when it's my turn, Mark. I want to talk no. about this movie. <laughs> so I <will>. keep going. <laughs> no, I love Cassie's parents. I love the scenes in the dinner table. They're just great. I just they're uh, Jennifer Coolidge and Clancy Brown. Those are the actors' names. Stifler's mom and the prison guard from Shawshank that, <laughs> that Nico texted us about earlier today. But... I just love how we've got this whole movie going, and then all of a sudden she just has this little tidbit of information revealed to her about, what, a third of the way into the movie, maybe? Halfway? And all of a sudden this whole little story unfolds moving forward. And which which tidbit just, specifically are you talking about? The Where she finds out, uh, what's his name? Is back living in living around, the guy that's having the bachelor party. Oh, yeah. That's about right. right through, she through, thought through. he was like Al. overseas or whatever. Al, yeah. Al. She thought he Al. was like. He's in London. Had, yeah, she thought he was in London, exactly. And so mm-hmm. once she finds out that he's here, this whole like, whoa, hold on a second. 
And then this whole movie unfolds where we see, you know, the chapters, the chapter one, the two. And it's, it's just, it's great. Each chapter's great. Every bit's great. We even get the, the what's his name? The coach's wife from Friday Night Lights. That scene's yeah. great. Connie Britton. <laughs> Connie yeah. Britton. Thank you. So, the re- the uh, revenge Jeff. chapters, yeah. yeah Jeff, con- what are we, what are we worked, loving? A lot worked for me. The concept and the tone. I found this movie very funny. This movie's, I laughed so hard during most of this movie. It's, yeah, it's super really dark. dark. Yeah, but dark funny. comedy. But I'm oh, a for big sure. fan of American Psycho, and it's one of the closest things I found to like that tone of American Psycho, where it just it finds the humor in the very morose, and I freaking love that. Uh, not showing the video because uh, Nico, as you know, what have we learned? Less, less is, is better. More. Yeah, less just, is more. It proves it again in this movie. I think like that just hearing it makes like what happened just that much more horrifying than if we right. would, like even see like a glimpse of it or even yeah. like a flashback. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, one of the coolest things, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, I did have a bit of a deep dive, I'll try to be quick for you, was the use of color as a visual tool. Mm-hmm. The most prominent colors in this movie are blue and pink. Uh, what do these colors usually represent? Men and women, uh, boys and girls. That's why like, you have a boy, you have blue, you have, a, uh, you have things everywhere, you have a girl, you have pink. The film op- opens with pink credits, in the beginning of the film, during the daytime, Cassie is always in pink and is surrounded by pink in the coffee shop in her parents' house. All of her victimizers are shown wearing blue, including the Ryan character. In the Madison boozy lunch scene, all of the chairs are blue, and Madison is in all blue. Cassie, again, is in pink. Connie Britton wears a navy blue jacket in her scene. All the men at the bachelor party are wearing blue. The only time Cassie wears blue is after Nina's mom told her to move on, and mm. she has the honeymoon period with Ryan. All of a sudden, she's surrounded by blue, and it's mm. kind of her illusion and her like her fairy tale. Maybe she's getting to move on with her life. Yeah. When Madison shows up at her house again wearing blue, she gives Cassie the phone where Cassie watches the video in a completely pink room. Right. When she confronts Ryan about the rape, it is in his blue office where there is a pink construction paper child drawing hanging crooked on the wall, basically representing her shattered illusion of a happy life. Mm. When That's Cassie, a great deep dive. Go ahead. When Cassie dies the next morning, the light shining on her has a tempt of blue. And of course, the end of the, the film ends with Cassie's pink text message to Ryan. And I just found that, I think stuff like that's so cool when a director goes into like that level of detail. That's that's uh, a great deep dive. I'm like, I got chills here, buddy. Good job. I want to go watch it a fourth time now. Yeah, I know. So do I. I do the the you should, Mark, you should, or just at least fast forward through. You will be shocked at, there is not a scene in this movie that doesn't have the colors blue and pink. Okay. And it's always wow. contrasting. It's freaking amazing. And just sum it up again. What does blue and it just it doesn't mean boy and girl. It means happiness versus not well, happiness. Well, no, boy. It's boy and girl. Like bo- okay. like blue almost always rep it. But it's also like so the men. This is very much a female revenge movie, and also right. Uh, in lack of a better term, a Me Too mo- movement movie. Even though right. it was written before the Me Too mo- movement started, which uh-huh. I think is kind of cool. So it already captured. But just you always see if you have a if somebody's having a blue a boy. All the stuff's always blue. If they're having like a girl, it's pink. So it kind of like she's the rest of them are able to move on into kind of this men's world. She's mm-hmm. never able to move on past it. That's why she's stuck in pink. Right. She kind of gets in. She gets into that blue world for a minute when she tries to move on, and that illusion is shattered for her by Madison when mm-hmm. she sees the tape and the illusion of him as a there are good guy because he represented. The chant, the fact that there are good guys out there, and when ultimately he is one of the victimizers, it shatters that illusion into her. Then all guys are bad, so that blue illusion is shattered. She's back into the pink world. Mm-hmm. Uh, very. Uh, I just, I just thought that was an amazing level of detail, and I think that stuff's super cool. But let's keep moving. Favorite scenes, Nick, go. Whew. You know what? I know. Which one you're gonna do, Mark? So I'm gonna take another one. I like the Alfred Molina scene where he apologizes. I yeah, thought that was really powerful. it's a great scene. Yeah, I I'm thought, so glad you did that. Okay, I'm so I did glad it for you, you buddy. That. I did it for you. I think you can elaborate more on on our favorite scene that I know you're gonna take. No, but I, no, 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 no. I'm so I, glad you chose the Alfred Molina scene, bro. Yeah, like, I, I think don't care about my. Scene he's the only that. character in the movie that shows any real remorse. Maybe Allison Bree's Madison character, kind of, when she's forced into it and she thinks she's done a really bad thing, when she grows a conscious. But Alfred Molina. He didn't need to be punished, right? In fact, 
her justice was left to him at the end of the movie, which I thought was super cool too, right? Like, and it, it represented what she always wanted. And that's all she ever wanted from anybody was for them to take responsibility for validation. What they that's all she and wanted. And to feel validation. bad about it. And he was the only character that basically apologized, accepted responsibility, and legitimately felt bad. She gives everybody that chance in the movie. And he's the only one that really takes it. Madison to an extent, but not not like not like he does. Yeah, keep going. Oh, I'm so no. glad you did that. No, and totally. And he and it's kind of a perfect play. And obviously, Jordan. In the end. He plays a Jordan. And by the way, Alfred Marini, he has an uncredited role in this movie. I noticed. So yeah, just as Alfred. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, yeah, and he plays that. I mean, he didn't think it would be good. He was just. He was I, no, I think he's just doing faces. a friend, of, of just a favor. It's weird why they do that. I, I think when they go uncredited, or if they it use means their they name, don't have they to don't, be paid. They have to be. I think paid it means they don't have to be paid. Union actor roles. Yeah. I think you're probably right on that. He explained yeah. it right, though. Uh, I mean, just the truth behind it. I mean, they do. They do try to discredit now through a lot of any means they can through talking to ex boyfriends, and uh, there's a lot of truth to the scene, which which made it even more eerie. But ultimately, it just. The more the more good characters you can find in this movie is it was really hard to find in the end. The, the better. I'm not saying he was a good character. He did a lot of bad things, but at least redeeming. And he was he was dying to get his justice at the end, or to to do something redeeming. And I thought it was super cool that she sent the letter to him of all people, right? Not even her parents. She didn't even send the letter to her parents. She sent it to him, which was super interesting. So yeah, well, her parents kind of thought she was. Well, I, I got the sense that her parents kind of thought she was crazy. Anyway, yeah. I think I think that they really felt bad for her, and I mean you got to remember she's thirty, so right. she's been living there for a while. Uh-huh. They and they were indulging her, and they like, they understood that like this was a tough thing to get over. I mean you see that scene when he's all we loved her like a daughter, but we also miss our daughter. I mean, yeah. and you've got to, if you put yourself in the parents' position, it's the last thing you want is like this terrible thing that happened to her friend to basically ruin their daughter's life too. Mm-hmm. And you know they don't know if like. They tried the like the loving welcome to her home, you know, non-judgmental, um, and then I think at some point they were just kind of like, "Shit, how do we, how do they we?" They were over this? it. Yeah, it's they our can't job. Live their life. Yeah. It well, and it's it's their, it, they probably see it as their job, as parents, to help her get over it and to help mm-hmm. her move on with her life. And I'm sure as a parent that would feel like like failure, just sitting there watching your like, super talented daughter that at one point was like the highest ranked medical student just living at home working at a coffee shop yeah dead on the just inside miserable. not living her life not yeah. living her life and i don't think it's can. like a material success thing i think it's a she obviously wasn't happy either yeah and that's all they wanted for her and we'll get into that in the end too so i have, talks, the, I have the question no i have the question of was this a kamikaze suicide mission or not right but we'll get into that but i want to hear your favorite scenes uh, this uh, I love the scene, uh, the dean of students scene with Connie Britton. Ooh, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah, thought that was fantastic. I like the way she laid it out, and just, just the to- Like I thought that was one of the best examples of like perfect justice, because she literally got her to say, "Oh, those kind of things happen all the time." Uh, that boys of boys attitude, and then saw her change when it was her daughter. And saw mm-hmm. the whole like attitude change, and I thought that I just thought it was a very effective scene, because in that scene it's weird, you totally see where Cassie's coming from, but you also totally feel for Connie Britton, because uh, at Cle- that point you're clear not eyes, sure. baby, clear eyes, full heart. <laughs> you always can't, clear can't eyes, lose. full heart, can't, can't lose. lose. But uh, definitely don't like don't just let rapists get away and, with it on campus. And we knew as crazy as she is, sometimes she you moral, lose. Then she had moral limits too, right? Like she didn't actually kidnap her daughter and, and put her in a room to get raped. And I think that was important to know about her too. If we're going to cheer for Cassandra, we have to know that that well, she's that was, she's on the right side. You know, and at that point, you kind of when she admits it, you're still not sure. You think she didn't do anything to the girl because you're like, but at that point, you're still not sure. Oh yeah, I was like, sure how far she'd go. Oh, I was. So I really think that that was. I really think that Emerald Fennel put that scene in, and I think that was her Brock Turner scene. And I know, I know, Jeff. I know you read this. Well, yeah, that's what the title of what's the Brock title? Turner movie's based on. Yeah. So the title of this movie, Nico, Promising mm-hmm. Young Woman, 
is a play on the fact that when the whole Brock Turner scandal, and for those oh, who don't remember, Brock Turner, the Stanford, yeah, Stanford University student who was convicted of sexual, everyone was referring to him as a promising young man. So that's how she came chose the title for this movie. Oh wow, that's important. It's very important, and it's yeah. very relevant it's to title. the movie. It's great. It's f- it's, it's phenomenal. One of the more like, brilliant clever. titles I can think of. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And once I saw that, I was just like, "Wow!" Like, good stuff, good stuff. So, kudos to what do you Emerald got, Fennel. Uh, my favorite scene. Okay, so before we talk about the ending, I just want to talk about the scene that leads up to the ending, where she confronts Ryan to find out where the bachelor party is. That scene's awesome, you guys. That where she's in his doctorate, where she's in his office. It's so good. Just so and you that, guys know. When you rewatch when, it, wait to when wait you, till you rewatch that scene. I say when you rewatch it, look for that. Look for I know that the colors. Crooked, I, I got, yeah. That crooked like, pink. I remember it once you said it. I remember <laughs> it because I've seen it multiple times already. It's a it's but an that, it's a it's an amazing scene, and his that the way, scene is so good. And what's Bo Britton? Uh, Bo Britton is that his name? Bo. Yeah, that's his name. Um. Anyway, and I have no idea who he is. But. In that, uh, his acting in that scene w- was star caliber. I, like, like he went from you saw the oh shit moment on his face. He doesn't say a lot, but his mannerisms change. I thought it was a clinic in acting from him, and it was it was. You're so right, Mark. It was an incredible scene. So the best part of that about that scene, to be honest, for me, is when. <laughs> He realizes everything that's happened and is towards the end of the scene. And he looks at her and he's just like, well, you forgive me, right? And she looks at him stone cold and she's like, um, no. Because he didn't have real remorse. He just felt yeah. bad it's, for himself. It was, it, it's all so, he, all he's worried about is his... Yeah, all it's all he's worried about is, am I going to still be a doctor? Like, who's going to find out that I'm a piece of shit? Yeah, like, like, yeah. That's all he cares about. Am I still going to be a doctor? He it's no just so... Remorse. Yep. It's so good when she just looks at him and she's like, um, no. <laughs> it's I, so it's such a good moment. I, what, what is your scene that you want to get to, Mark? The bachelor party, boys. Yeah. So we we know this all of a sudden she's got this big, the you know big plan in motion, but we don't really know the plan. We we're right. just, we're along for the ride at this point. We're like, holy cow, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting, because we've seen no violence either in this movie. That's the other thing that's real. Uh, I don't. I want to get into that actually. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Dude, what happens to all these people? Oh, Mark, Jeff, you go first. Oh, and the in the bachelor party? Like, no, not in the bachelor party. Just in general, what happens to all these boys every weekend that this happens in her life? I'm not sure. I get it. Uh, okay, so oh, I mean, my you're, question you're, you're is... You're all over my midnight pod and ponderings, but that's okay. Okay, my Basically, question how many of is... Them, didn't you count are, how many of them there were? Yeah, okay, so I did count. So, Nico, they, she's got the, the book with the tally marks, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, so at one point I paused it and I decided I'm going to count and do the math on these tally marks. There's 153 tally marks. Okay? Wow. So, But she notes in the movie that she does this every weekend. Sure. So she's at least been doing this for three, three years, years based on the visible tally marks. And that's, well, and there's different know, color tally marks, too. There's red and blue. So, okay. So that being said, is that some sort of code for ones that were then killed and ones that were were survived, were any killed? They played with that see. a lot. They played with that and, a lot. And, and here's, here's where... <sighs> Here's where my question comes into play. When she meets up with Paul later in the movie, mm-hmm. that's Jerry's friend from the first scene, the right. opening scene in the yep. movie. Yep. And he references the fact, oh, you're that crazy chick with Jerry, which alludes to the fact that Jerry's still alive. Yep. Okay? Yep. I, that was my play on that. Maybe you didn't think no, Jerry's But at still the beginning alive. of the movie, she's eating a jelly donut and the jelly's going down her arm like it's blood, right? And we're left to Correct. She did kill him. Well, that's it. Th- yeah, but I'm, I, I, they were playing with us and I thought it was jelly the whole time. Yeah. So I didn't think that was blood at all. But then the Alfred Molina scene, let's go to the Alfred Molina scene. She leaves that scene and there's the creepy dude at her car. And she then basically says, you're not needed. And he still says, am I still getting paid? Oh, God, you're right. Well, yeah. So now I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here wondering, okay, so is this like her henchman? Does she have like a team that then goes in? Like, does she leave the scene and then like make a call? Oh, yeah, he dies because he's going to rape women the rest of his life. Or she also hired the guy. She also hired the guy to to like 
with Madison and all of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious. We they left us. They kind of left us in the dark on whether or not I, any I mean, of these victims died right or, not. or wrong. I don't think any of them died. Um, personally. Okay. I and think it wanted us to leave that door open. I agree with I Mark. think that there's no right or wrong answer about what her intentions were with the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the What I took it as, just based, and I, this is purely based on what she's done, what she did with all of the other characters. Mm-hmm. She put Madison in a very precarious position, but she also made sure that she was safe and that nothing happened. She had the guy literally watch her to make sure she was okay, but she wanted to make her think that, oh, she screwed up her marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. And with Connie Britton's daughter, she freaked her out, but she made sure that that girl was safe and in no danger. So mm-hmm. my thought on the lawyer was that that guy was hired to go in, and she, a lawyer is going to be a little dip, harder to scare than like the mother and the and like Madison. So mm-hmm. I thought he was going to go in and like basically threaten it and make him think he was about to get killed. I don't think he was ever in maybe rough him up a little bit. I don't think he was instructed to ever do anything beyond that. Uh, it just she she seemed to have lines that she didn't cross. Uh, and it I just and it, what I was the fact that we saw that character later in the movie and he kind of referenced, oh, you're the crazy one that you mentioned, Mark, kind of told yeah. me that all these guys end up okay. She literally is just calling them out for their bullshit. And she even admits it and says it herself. When she's with the fedora guy, and she's and she says, you know, I'm not the only one that does this. Yeah, no, You're I know. She you tells the story. She basically references that she has lines that she doesn't cross. She tells the story about like the scissors. Exactly. I caught. Yeah, I caught that. But the guy, the the lawyer. I guess the lawyer. I didn't catch that. That was the lawyer. I missed that. And with Alfred for the Alfred Molina scene, I thought that was like her. I just I, I just thought that was like her version of Mike from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he kind of looked like Mike. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, he wasn't a lawyer. Right. The guy outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah he wasn't a lawyer. But, I'm talking Alfred Molina no. was a lawyer. Oh right. no, no, no! I'm talking the guy outside. No, that right, was, but, he was definitely her henchman. But I'm saying okay. that I thought that I thought she just hired him to scare the guy. Right. Because Mark, she I wanna... never. She never. She she basically. All she ever did to anybody was scare him. Right, but Madison. that guy was definitely there more than to scare people. I think I think her revenge traction took a took more. And I think extremity. they left that, And that's what I'm trying to say is I think we'll never know what the true intention was because right. I think they left it open ended. I took it I, as she I, had I think she's she hold on. I think she stepped cross. up her game. I think she was willing to cross the line. That, remember, she was unhinging. She was like breaking the guy's window and taillight. She was losing her mind, and I think that was just a sign that she was willing to go, do she more dangerous things. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That her old rules think, didn't apply, and she was willing think, to do that. I still don't think she was going to plan it. I mean, she might have had him rough up. I don't think she planned to have the guy killed or anything. I so McLovin is not dead. <laughs> no, McLovin. he is not. Christopher Mintz-Flasser. I was on a plane with Christopher Mintz-Flasser. We talked about that in the Superbad podcast. But Mark, please tell me about your favorite scene, because we're getting off track here. No, we're good. We're doing fine. We're having yeah. a great discussion, it's, gentlemen. It's, it's that my involved favorite my scene favorite too. scene, So, obviously, I love the bachelor party. I love the smothering scene, which leads into the, the grand scheme and the plan working with the wedding. But yes, the bachelor party, where she gives them all the alcohol. God, I'm finding a way to bring Breaking Bad back into this. It reminded me of Breaking Bad, where they do the tequila in Mexico. And, you know, all of a sudden, everybody's just passed out because of what this alcohol that she did. And now that she's in the room, we get the handcuffs, and we have no idea what's about to go down. We just know something is about to go down. And it is, it's like nails on a chalkboard type scene. Totally. It's it's you such the a blue, it's, you notice the blue headband she had on. It's it's such a it's such a crazy awesome good scene. And so the smothering, let's talk about how uncomfortable that is because it's really oh, long. It's and really long. The reason it's long is her father-in-law is a cop. Mm-hmm. So she decides to consult him and ask how long it would take to smother someone. He told her two and a half minutes. So that scene, once he gets the pillow on her face, it's a whole two and a half minutes long of him suffocating her. Right. Ooh. And it feels like you feel every bit of that two and a half yeah. minutes. And you, 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 
Yeah. You, you just really feel it. And, the, and Carrie Mulligan, when she shot that scene, because the way movies work, for in case nobody knows, they got to come back and do recording of sound. So she had to relive that whole scene in, in, in post-production and make all those noises after the fact. And, and she didn't use a stunt double for that scene, so she shot that whole scene herself, too. So I hope she wins the damn Oscar, because that yeah. scene is incredible. It is. It <laughs> it, it's absolutely incredible. It, it's so, so good. And and then you get Joe walking in in the morning. When he, when he flips the pillow up, once again, less is more. We don't ever see her face, nope, right. but Joe sees that we face, see and reaction. we see Joe's face. We see the reaction, and it's great. It's so can we just, good. Can we just talk about Joe for a minute? Yeah. yeah, I freaking yeah. loved Joe. What a character! Yeah. Not, not like obviously not like somebody I'd want to hang out with. Definitely a creep, but so every time he's on screen, I like found myself laughing at just what a fucking dirtbag he is. I think it's because he's the same character as he was in the New Girl. I mean, he's basically Schmidt all over again. Oh, I never you know? The New Girl. Oh, you never watched I, New Girl? No, it's the same. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Joe's still- funny. Like the, Joe's <laughs> reaction. Joe's reaction. I mean, that's a tense moment. But Joe's reaction when there's a dead stripper in the room. Yeah, and he's like was, hugging him, telling him he's so gonna be okay. Perfect. What was like, that movie? The movie, uh, the Vegas movie. Very bad things. Very bad right things. Yeah, it, I do. It, it that's when he think re- of very bad things. When he referenced the '90s, I think that's what he was talking about. Was the movie Very Bad Things? I think you're right. I agree. Yeah. That. <laughs> It's a '90s movie. So, Sorry, yeah. so, Joe. Joe no, killed no, no. it for me. So <laughs> I just, love Joe. That scene is so great, and then it rolls into like the the police discovery type yep. thing, which is it's quick. It's a quick like seven minutes, basically, from mm-hmm. when Joe discovers the body to the end credits. Maybe like five to seven minutes. That's all we have left to wrap up this whole thing. But God, that wrap up when the song plays that we were singing before we started the podcast. Oh, yeah. well, what about at the wedding? One more Joe shout out. Do you see Joe just take off running? When the oh yeah, he starts like <laughs> he starts. He, he that's a midnight pondering I have. We'll I, get into that. For, I started for, laughing so hard. When I saw but, that. but also too, what's really weird is it's a really intense scene. This character we followed for ninety minutes, yes. or actually almost Super. two hours, just dies, and they start playing happy music because they're burning her body, and so I just didn't feel right about that. You know, like I it think. We I needed did. to mourn. We needed more resolve. And they're just playing this happy music as the bad guys who we I, hate. We'll get into that and what doesn't work. Because I have yeah. similar thoughts to that, Nick. I'm actually yeah. glad that you... Um, so we just keep moving along. Um, we're, uh, real quick, I want to touch yes, on Mark's scene too. Because it was mine too. It's just, Go right in. God, it was so disappointing that she didn't get her revenge. I think we all wanted that. But I'll get to that in mine. But she does it get was her revenge. Originally, she good, did yeah, get her revenge. Right, right, right. But originally, we don't see her dying in that revenge, right? We see her, like, shooting up the place, walking sure. out of there in her nurse outfit, you know, getting... getting and I think that's we what... Think I think that's it. part of what makes this movie so special. Yeah. I did... I one thing I loved about this movie is I never knew where it was going. Like, I didn't know exactly... Like, you, I mean, you always have an idea, but, like, I just was, like... I was never quite sure what was going to happen next. Yeah. And as a constant connoisseur of movies that is so rare for me anymore i know to frankly just not know what's going to happen and i, I love I, it i loved that anticipation i was on the edge of my seat this entire movie. me too so I, was I. I love the end so much it's such a good ending but did you that very you knew she wasn't gonna you knew she wasn't gonna live a happy life with ryan though you knew the past was gonna come back and she was gonna have to serve her justice we we as soon as i saw as soon as I saw the chapters start, I knew we were going on a different adventure for the movie. I, I knew that there was no... It, chapters, her titles were also was, all in pink. Yeah, was, there was no relationship that I, I, I knew. If for anything else, they kind of blew that. We kind of needed... I wouldn't have minded some flashbacks almost with Nina just to get some more... But a little context there. I would. I, I, I have thoughts on that. Let's let's hold some of that till what doesn't work because I have a lot of thoughts. I think it sounds like Nick has similar thoughts. Favorite favorite quotes. What do you? I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours than have to listen to Michael McDonald. Nothing against him, but if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. Got Mark. I have here. You should have saved all that for my birthday card when Cassie's mom. <laughs> Is sitting there, ripping her a new asshole <laughs> on her uh, birthday. That's good. That's that was really one good. of the all-time great 
for 30th you're 30 years old you're living in my house birthday (laughs) yeah yeah and then we were joking in the text thread earlier about our good old girl laverne cox and i i gave her a quote if you two decide to have sex on the counter the bleach is in the back room laverne cox is good in this movie it just it just made me laugh it just made me smile and and this movie is serious of a movie as it is as serious as the content and the subject matter and the fact of the matter that this story is so good because we all see it being plausible i think i i I mean i think we all agree that there's this happens to women every weekend all over this world right unfortunately and i think that's why girls have this unwritten code you know we go to the bathroom together we don't ever leave each other you know alone those rules all came about because of situations like this so like nina but uh going back to that's why i just pulled some fun quotes because the movie's so damn serious but the movie also has some really good dark humor so but what about you nico quotes uh i thought i forgive you from effort molina was a big one i yeah yeah but i also liked you didn't think this was the end, did you? On the text message it's so, to Ryan. It's so good. The text thread is so good. <laughs> yeah. It's combined with the song. It's a package deal with the song and the text. Yeah, and the fact that they were they were scheduled texts. I mean, she she knew she was going in that bachelor party in a, in a blaze of glory, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know there was such a thing as scheduled texts. Yeah, you could schedule texts. It was so money. It was so... Yeah. Oh, I figured... Okay, that makes sense. I didn't know there were scheduled texts, but I figured the lawyer... I figured... I thought she mailed her phone to the lawyer, and the lawyer sent the texts for her. No, I was scheduled. She scheduled ahead of time. So basically, she knew she was going to die heading into that house. And she knew... That's... Well, she knew she could die, yeah. That's for sure. She knew... She didn't know what was going to go down, And she knew that it would happen knew. on the wedding day, because she timed it all out perfect. Yeah. Okay. She right. knew she that, was willing to die. That actually makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that and she signed, it, she signed off as her and, her and her dead friend, too. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I had a cu- I had a couple. They are serious. Ah, uh, sorry about that. But <laughs> I had it's every man's worst mi- nightmare getting accused of something like that. And then Cassandra, can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Yeah, deep. And yeah. then I really liked Cassandra's. Uh, look how easy that when I was talking to Connie Britton that my scene I was talking about. Look how easy that was. I guess you just had to think about it in the right way. I guess it feels different when it's someone you love. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty powerful. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Connie Britton has a good scene. I'm glad you talked about it because it was a really good scene. So. What didn't work? Nick. I didn't like the side characters. I was reading about how weak they were and I totally agree. Like, they, like even Molly Shannon being in this was, was useless. Okay, Allison Brie wasn't fully utilized. That uh, didn't work. Molly Shannon scene. That's all I have. I hate that scene. Really? The, the Molly Shannon scene was terrible. Her coworker was was wasted. You know, there was no. There were weak supporting characters. They really it were. Was kind they of a had, bummer because it was an important scene. Mm-hmm. That scene with her mother, like, should, was is it, I mean, should be a powerful scene where it's like, okay, you need to move on. Like, there should have been more of my daughter would have wanted you to move on, mm-hmm. and she plays it like she's kind of annoyed with her it yeah i don't like the way molly shannon played that scene so i'm gonna plus one you on that mark i agree but i mean there's just wasted the, the the side characters were wasted and it, they just they had they brought nothing to the table would this would it have been better if it wasn't if it was just if it wasn't the best friend angle and she was just nina yeah i think it would have that's a great question yeah i agree I think it would have. uh because the whole like best friend thing was hard it was hard for me to... I mean, I get it. They were very enmeshed. But, like... I mean, she gave... I mean, I know she was upset and it was devastated for her. And it kind of ruined her life, too. And, I mean, we should all be lucky to have such a great friend. But it it kind of made the suicide mission not work for me as much. Mm-hmm. It kind of made a lot of, like, why she won't move on for it... <sighs> Right, because her whole family's her, her family's moved on, and she hasn't. Right, she's just living I, in this world. I think it would be. I think it was. It would be almost more powerful to show how an event like this would keep a young woman from that it happened to from going, mm-hmm. you know, moving on, and how devastating those effects would be. But I, I mean, I'm okay with it. I just. I think it might have worked. And I better. think it's. I think it's kind of their fault. We, like you said, we got very little context. We have very little context on the fact of whether or not maybe Nina and Cassie are more than just best friends. Right. We have very little context under the fact 
Uh, well, and she says, I wish I would have been there. We don't know why she wasn't. Yeah. We didn't even get a story of, like, I decided we not nothing. to go because I we was get nothing. Exactly. screwing but, on. But, but, Jeff, you can't say less is more, and then when they give you less, complain about it. <laughs> you know? Cause well, no, but, no, I, no, I, I but it's, in different, it's no, in a said, different context. Yeah. 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 Different less context. In, that's more in, like, story. I'm saying less is more in, like, the visual and the power of, like, the scene. Right. But knowing where it was coming from, I think, would have been... I, I just... And I, I put down that I thought it was weird that she died. And I'm not sure that I love that either. I don't know. Like, I was with you on the, like, your character's dying. And and for me, that would have been super powerful if it had been Nina. Because it would have basically said, you could even throw a line in there. You wouldn't have to. But you could even throw a line in there about, oh, no, she died 10 years ago on that night or whatever. Like, you right. know. But, like, the, but this new character, and then she had to die. And Yeah, why did two women weird? have to die? They, it, it didn't feel right. It, it didn't weird. feel right. Yeah. I agree with it, you. It, it didn't feel weird. It felt unjust. It felt yeah. wrong. Agreed. It, it felt like men won and they didn't deserve to win. Even though they, I don't think Nina would have wanted Cassie to die. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. It made it that. more tragic, yeah. So. so, but that being said, the ending still totally works. Yeah, and it, it, does. it all It all works fine. We're being pretty damn nitpicky here. We're being I don't think so. I, just, I don't think so. I totally agree with what, what Jeff said. Like so, Parts of it didn't feel right. And it stuck with me all day. I mean, even when I went to the gym, I was still thinking about it. Bugged it bugged me. It bugged me too, Nick. Yeah, I kept thinking, I kept I w- going back to it. Yeah, I was at the gym with my buddies, being like, "Do I tell them about this movie? Do I not?" I wanted to tell them about the movie the whole time, but I know they're not going to watch it, so I was like, "Yeah, screw it," you know. But it was still, on my mind the whole still time. Still a great movie. Just so, yeah. what was on your mind the whole time? Just the trauma of, of, of that both women had to die. I think more than anything, to be honest. That was okay. So that was on your mind the whole time, but then you loved the ending. I loved the ending that we got something out of it. There was a little bit of a wrench tail, yeah. Because I feel like I can't, you can't, you can't have both here. You can't love the ending and then complain about the ending at the same time. Well, and that's why I think that that ending would have been super powerful that. if it was Nina. Because then it, that text comes and you're like, and then I mean they even they even alluded to it when they had her sign off as her ending. <laughs> like, um, I I would prefer the big fuck you cathartic ending where she's I walking out of there and the place is burning. If they were going down that route, I guess I might have preferred if they wrote them as twins because the whole thing where a twin if your twin dies, a part of you dies too or something. Yeah, that's that a good point, Jeff. Yeah, uh, but just friend, I just I have a hard time with that whole. Wow, this girl threw her entire life away, and I kind of have a hard time with that too. In in that regard, but as far as the way they ended it, I think it all is she she put her own plan together, and the plan worked. And that's true. She well, she did knew she plan? that you think she, did she was it a su- I mean, I guess that was my midnight pondering, but that's okay. Was it a suicide mission, or yeah. did she, or was that only was that a backup plan if she wasn't able to carve Nina's name into his chest? I think it was a suicide mission. I so think it she was like out that she way. she let him get the cuffs off and then smother her like that was no. I think she knew that there's no way she was getting out of there. I think that was a general plan. There's no way something's gonna but go if she wrong. Could have if she could have gotten out of there. Like you don't think she would have? Or you, you yeah, definitely. Would've? But I, I think she knew the odds were against her. And okay, I think they, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah. With that. But I was curious if she planned on. She's like, okay, we couldn't get him for rape. We're now gonna get him for murder. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure he murders me. I didn't yeah. think that was the plan. No, but, I definitely okay. not. But she knew that she's going into a house of 20 men. There's only one. She knew she's putting her life at risk every time, even just one man, you know? Fair. I'll, I'll talk about that and things you missed, too. But what what didn't work for you, Mark? Uh, just the Molly Shannon scene. Okay. You just didn't get enough out of it. It was a wasted character. I just... Well, no. Okay. I... If they... Molly Shannon shouldn't have treated... Cassie, the way she treated her in that scene. That's if, a good point. And just left her on the, the porch. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't just say, oh, you shouldn't come around anymore. Well, it was the way anymore. she, like, I get if she's like, I mean, what, what would have made sense in that scene to me was a whole little thing about Nina wouldn't want you doing this to yourself. I mean, I'm just, instead of like, why are you still here? You're annoying. That's, that's what I got out of Molly Shannon. And I'm like, that was weird. That was a weird tone she just took with her. This girl just like dedicating her life to avenging her yeah. daughter. Yeah. Um, but I think, we, I think we covered most but, of it. There's a lot yeah, of that. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, I really... There's really a bunch of missing context with Nina. Yeah. So... That's, yeah, back... That's, that's once the biggest... Missing some backstory. All right, moving along before uh, Nick, killed, Nick fires us. Uh, he's the uh, career corner. Uh, Mark, you want to talk about uh, Carrie Mulligan, or you want me to talk about uh, our director first? 
Uh, you just jump in and talk about our director. This is her first movie. Give it a go. How did this movie come to be? Yeah, I don't so really care about this, Carrie Mulligan right now. Uh, she wrote uh, one of the really cool things about this. She wrote this screenplay, and it was a hot commodity. She actually wrote it prior to the Me Too movement. So it was out on the like the Me Too movement haven't quite started when it was out uh, being looked at and purchased. Obviously, the Me Too movement kind of helped uh, give it some juice, uh, but it was picked up by Margot Robbie's uh, production company. Wow. And there's a lot of theories out there that Margot Robbie was actually had picked this up, and she's one that made it happen. She funded it and got it going, and used her um, her weight and leverage in Hollywood to get this movie made. Uh, Margot mm. Robbie. This movie doesn't get made if Margot Robbie doesn't champion this movie so much. Wow. And there's a lot of theories that she wanted to play this role herself, and then for scheduling or for whatever reason, um, she they ended up or or they thought that Carrie Mulligan would be better. And it begs the question, how do you guys think this movie would have played with Margot Robbie in the uh, Cassandra role? Uh, not as good, but it's, I mean, it was so mastered by Carrie Mulligan, it's hard to say. She was great in it. I yeah. kind of like Carrie Mulligan in it. I, right. I think Margot Robbie might have nailed it. Margot yeah. Robbie has that weird depth where I think she could have played like the sweet girl by day and kind of that seductress. I think she might have got the seductress by night part a little yeah. bit better, but I think it's harder for her to... It, it's harder to buy. So her I think a, Carrie Mulligan plays this part perfectly. Yeah. Coffee when, as a coffee and, person, and, and I don't need Margot Robbie in the role at all. Does Margot Robbie do a good job? Sure, fine, I guess. And I think but Carrie be- Carrie Mulligan is is fine in this. And you know, there was a there's a, a film critic that got himself in a lot of heat over this and because it, he did he did he he basically asked why. He basically said Margot Robbie should have probably done this instead of Carrie Mulligan, and Carrie Mulligan was offended by it, and she basically said his reasoning was because she's hotter, basically. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Did because you hear the critic's response back? Uh, I know he he apologized, right? He did apologize. But, well, but, he, but he, he also said that he's a 60-year-old gay, gay man. man. And he was yeah. not thinking about hotness in the role whatsoever. That, that's what that he, great he came back. It was a great comeback, but at the same time, the way his quotes came off, his quotes came off as you're basically saying your issue is that I'm not as hot as Margot Robbie, and right. that's the fact. That's what his quotes came off as. That's so I've see. I, I didn't have an and issue. I thought with, the same. I thought that I, I saw what he was saying because I I thought about her in the seductress role, and I thought she probably plays the seductress role. But at the same time, I don't know if I buy Margot Robbie as the coffee shop girl, and those scenes with the parents. I'm pretty sure Carrie Mulligan plays way better than Margot Robbie right. would. It, I think I think Margot Robbie would have done an excellent job. I just think it's a different movie, not necessarily better. It'd be hard to see, and it'd be hard to say unless you actually saw it and then you compare the two. But Carrie Mulligan hits such a home run here that it doesn't really matter. I think that'll be cemented when she wins the Oscar for this. It's not even. Debatable. I'm ready to give Carrie Mulligan an Oscar. I have no interest in giving Margot Robbie an Oscar because I don't care if she was ever in this movie. So, well, she was in it. You want to give it to her? <laughs> you gotta uh, use your imagination sometimes. But I don't. <laughs> but, but I mean, she wasn't though. So like, no. it doesn't matter. Like this is she does a perfect job. So you ask me what I, I like? I don't even care. Like she yeah. does a perfect job. I don't like. Sh- she's perfect in this movie. She's fantastic in yeah. all aspects. The seductress of her, I totally buy it. The like when she's in the hot nurse outfit, she's totally hot. So I have no, like I think she's totally. I think, I, I, yeah, I, she worked for me. Well, now we're in. She now was, we're on with. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, this first time, first time director, she got the juice from Margot. Uh, she's acted in a lot of films, um, but this was her like, and I'm just amazed by this by this freshman effort because. This movie is awesome for a first film. Yeah, like I'm super excited to see what. So you said it was Amber a hot commodity. Did it go around Hollywood and it get shopped and a bit well, more not, and I mean, everything? It, it got. I mean, it was. So she a had lot a short. Of, she had a short at Sundance. Yep. Yeah. And then so this debuted at Sundance and everybody went gaga for it. It was, but, but it was produced. It was produced and funded by Margot Robbie's uh, production company. She wow. snatched it up right away. Uh so but Carrie Mulligan and get anything on her mark. Uh, nothing too special. I didn't really do too much of a deep dive on her, just because. You're fired. I, you know, her acting idols are Marion Cotillard, Kate Blanchett, and Kate Winslet. So no, co- no coincidence why she's such a good actress. To the point. Those are three, three great actors themselves. But uh, this was her standout movie for me. I know she's won. Did she win an Oscar or she's nominated for an Oscar, Nico? I believe she's nominated for, for an Oscar for nominated. an education. She just, just yeah. nominated, and Brooklyn, right? She didn't win. She was nominated for Brooklyn and for an education. 
Okay, but she's never so won. she's a two-time. She's married to one of the Mumford guys from Mumford yeah. and Sons. I know that they've been together forever. But uh, Jeff, real quick, are you sure about Brooklyn? I'm not seeing it here. Yeah, or maybe she didn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you're thinking of. Uh, well, she was. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, she hasn't been in the for camera picture, for. But I guess maybe it wasn't. She wasn't nominated for. Yeah, she's a, she was in uh, Suffrage Get. <laughs> she's just a, uh, she got on the scene in uh, Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley, and mm-hmm. she's from England. She loves doing plays, and uh, she this is her coming out party. I'm telling you, nobody really knows who Carrie Mulligan is, and unfortunately, they might still not, like we said, because nobody might see this movie because of the goddamn pandemic so <laughs> yeah hopefully we can i've already been texting friends about this today so at the very least i brought three new viewers but you're right and education was 12 years ago i mean that's a long time in movie history this is her reawakening i won't say it's her coming out party but i definitely agree this is big time for her especially when she wins the oscar so i really hope she wins it because yeah. she, it was she's so good in it you guys she, well, she's she, awesome she, that's why when honestly when you propose that nothing no nothing against margot robbie i just kind of just dismissed it so easily not mm-hmm. no offense to your question but i was just like ah, she just owns this role i'm never mm-hmm. gonna think of her i always, in anything like, those different. What, I always like those what ifs questions because it could change i know history well. and i think it's fascinating but i also think it's great to see uh her as an adult actor now because in an education where she's coming out pretty she looks so young and she's always played these young characters even in wall street too and it's, it's now she looks like an adult and she can play these roles of big time female actors like margot Robbie, you know which she couldn't have played when she was a young actor 10 years ago battle time mark go so uh bronze medal goes to alfred molina uncredited Ooh. alfred molina uh, I, I just love that scene so I was, that's why I was so glad when you said you love that scene Nico because I had him down for my bronze medal and I thought <laughs> some of you guys might give me heat for giving Alfred Molina my bronze medal so once I saw that you love that scene I knew I wouldn't get heat Carrie Mulligan gets my silver medal I wanted to give her gold but I just couldn't because Emerald, F- Emerald Fennel uh, she gets my gold medal. This is her first movie, and she hit a home run. She wrote this movie. She directed yeah. this movie. She basically thought of that first scene in this movie, and she turned it into a movie. And that's how that came to be. And that first scene made it into the movie on top of it. And it's perfect. You, that movie, you buy into the whole movie right from that very first scene. So kudos to her. She got my gold. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, so my bronze goes to uh, Bo Burnham. Uh, he is fantastic in this movie. Like I said, it's literally a masterclass in acting. You, he, he, he has the one of the hardest roles to play in this film because we have to like both like him, and then it has to turn on a dime, and we have to be kind of disgusted with him. But then he, yeah. even then, you still, you still somewhat feel bad for him. Not totally, and not a lot, but you just he. He elicits sympathy in a role that's hard to have sympathy for. And he has, and it, he makes you like, he kind of pulls the magic trick on you when you're like, when you think it's a romantic comedy almost, and you're like, oh, this is the guy that's going to save her and turn her life around. And, it, and then that like foot drops. And like, I think he has a difficult role to play, and I think he absolutely nails it. Uh, my silver as well goes to Carrie Mulligan. She is fantastic in this movie. Uh, really owns it and I really at this point I haven't seen enough of the other nominees so I can't say for sure but at this point I, she, I, I'm rooting on her because she definitely deserves it for this movie she just kills it and my gold goes to Emerald Fennell as well this is a triumph of movie it's one of my favorite kind like I said I love dark comedic tone movies uh, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, we're listening. Got, got quiet, just making sure. Sorry. We're giving you our full attention right now, I sir. I love that. I love that. Yeah, just that she plays a lot with tone, all of the te- the attention to detail and everything from the costumes to the set. The uh, performances are great, and it's her script. This is a tour de force, and I'm really, really excited to see what she does next. Yeah, so am I. I got the same exact as Jeff, just to speed this up. I will say... Ryan's character, he did a perfect job because we thought he was the nerdy do-gooder kid with a schoolgirl cr- or with a schoolboy crush the whole time. I thought he nailed that. And then we found out that he was in the video. It was, it was the perfect shocking moment. And I so I, plays, I, even his voice work in that video, yeah, that, you're right. it was so believable. Like, oh, what's going on in here? Yeah, he's definitely like the nerdy friend. 
Yeah. And it's not going to stand up to, like, the cool guys or whatever. And yeah, they didn't was, invite him to the bachelor party for a reason. Probably uncomfortable with what was happening, but didn't really have the balls or the political, like, really just didn't have the balls to, like, step up and say, hey, this is wrong, and, like, step over his kind of kingmaker uh, frat. Uh, frat quarterback for lack of a better term yeah no and also too he didn't even have the balls to ask the guys at the wedding what happened right when he mm-hmm. was talking to- and you heard him i mean you heard his voice oh i'd see i thought he was invited to the bachelor party i think once he told he, no he, he probably was he like, knew where it was no, he probably I'm was going there i'm not gonna yeah. go there now <laughs> yeah when he was talking to he joe at the wedding though he didn't even have the balls to ask him like what happened you know no. he just let him yeah again it was the same but and he plays it so per there's a million guys in the world like that I think that is a super honest performance. Yeah. And just, yeah, thank you, Nick. Keep going. Yeah. Step it all over. No, just all those things, all those things. But I, I totally, I'm on board everything you said with all three of those medals. So we meshed. And I, I was actually going to give Carrie Mulligan the gold until Mark tucked me out of it. So you guys are all right on our gold choice. I mean, this is this is an exceptional rookie effort. So Big I, time. I Big can't time. wait either. And you could just tell, because she's been an actress for years, She's one of those actors that was, you know, paying attention. <laughs> yeah. She was doing some learning while she was acting, that's for yeah. sure, because it doesn't come off like a first film, that's for yeah. damn sure. Yeah. So, uh, I think well, it's that time, Nico. Is it midnight? <laughs> it's almost midnight. What are we pondering it's, here, boys? We got any midnight ponderings? And some of them Jeffrey? have stepped on. One of them was the whole, she's always been planning dying. But, yeah, got some good ones here. Did Ryan secretly hope Cassie forgot, or... Did he forget they were friends, or did he not <laughs> even, or did he not even know? Like in his head the whole time, is he's like, "Oh man, I really hope she forgets about the time that my buddy raped her best friend." Yeah, or is he, totally. Or was it just was he so like tone deaf to that he like even forgot that that even happened? I like was the video a shocking reminder? Oh shit, somebody filmed that. I don't know. The more we ponder these things, the more we realize this this was Emerald Fennel's first film. So I think some of these things might have unintentionally been unanswered. Well, my midnight pondering... Sorry, Jeff, are you done? Uh, No, I have more, but you go ahead and jump right in, man. My pondering is, what about her car? I mean, how did they not find her car before they found her body or anything else? I mean, that's the first thing you look at. She went missing and they did not track her car down. She did throw her license plate in, but anybody can find a VIN number on the windshield, right? I mean, and it's the same make and model. I feel like that's... They could have tracked that thing down way ahead of time. You know, it was parked right outside the, the rental cabin, too. That's true. Well, did... Oh, did the... Well, did... Maybe the boys got rid of it. Yeah, they never explained that, but yeah, that's I mean, the pondering. I, I did stay up past midnight for this one. I probably will stay up past midnight <laughs> tonight thinking more, about yeah. this one. Yeah. Did Nina kind of have a shitty lawyer when she uh, brought charges? If there was a sex tape and it never came out, I feel like nowadays you'd, they'd never be able to keep that thing under wraps. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming Nina was so intoxicated that she didn't know that she was being filmed. Yeah, I think. That's well, true. I know, but obviously that tape was being passed around, and if you have a lawyer's happen. But if Cassie didn't know about that tape, if Cassie didn't know about that tape, then wouldn't Nina have not known about well, that she tape? No, but I'm saying if you have a if you're bringing a lawsuit and you have a lawyer worth their weight, they'll hire a private investigator to uncover that shit. Right. Oh, potentially. I mean, yeah. who knows? But I this mean, was back. Were really was, pondering. They're better at thing. I mean, they're better at that stuff now. And I probably watch. I don't think that's, I probably I don't think too that's many. Pro- I probably watch too many true crime documentaries. Uh, anyway, what? Uh, wait, I got one, and you touched on this earlier, Mark. Wait, she went home with that many strange guys, and never got seriously hurt. Yeah. Like, well, so I'll talk about that and things you may have missed, actually. There were some deleted scenes that alluded to that she she okay. was actually hurt a few times. I mean, I feel like she'd have to be. She's yeah. really trying to attract the worst of the worst guys, and it seemed like the right. only thing she ever did was act like they're guilty conscious and be like, you shouldn't be doing this. That This girl might have had a death wish uh, leading into that last scene, and that's all I got for ponderings. I really took it. I mean, she was really numb. I kind of took her parents yeah. felt that she was numb. Agreed. And, Agreed. And so I don't think she cared if she died at this point. And that's where again it so. works better for me a little bit. If maybe they just have Nina and they don't have the friend. But yeah, being nitpicky. No, 
I know, I get it. I'm with you. I hear you. I get it. But I'm never going to be bothered by it. I won't. When I think about this movie, I'm never going to think bad, think anything bad about Can it. Can I do my one things you may have missed, Nick, and then the rest is yours? Yeah, go for it. So, in Greek mythology, Cassandra is the goddess of prophecies that no one believes. So, constantly, Cassandra is out delivering true prophecies. And all of the humans and other people just laugh at her and say, that'll never happen. And then it events it, it ends up happening. So I thought that what? Was, that's why they named her a character that. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice any of the prophecies. Mark, no, what do you prophe- got? No, that she basically is saying, no, my friend got raped. This happened. Nobody believes her. Right, right. What do I have? Okay. I have, so especially since Jeff was just talking about the word rape, uh, the words rape and sexual assault are never spoken in this film. No. And I thought that that was an interesting little tidbit that I found. And then there's a scene, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but there's a scene about 65 minutes into the film where a piece of artwork in the coffee shop makes Cassie look like she has a halo and is a saint. Many saints are martyrs who have died for their beliefs, just like Cassie dies for hers. Mm. So That's good. I so, never would have caught that. This but, uh that's uh that's the bulk of what i have I, we already mentioned all the britney spears stuff this took this movie they shot this movie in only 23 days oh wow but uh yeah i think that's about it there's there's like a, the book that carrie mulligan's reading in the coffee shop that's a reference to the short film that emerald fennel made but that's you know that's just more her own easter egg so no big deal there that's really it what about you, Nico? So, Things we missed? The original ending of the script had it ending with Al and Joe just burning Cassie's body. Ooh. And obviously that we didn't, get the no, we didn't get the wedding? No, nothing. Call. We didn't get the text messages? No, the financiers... Oh, oh that's a terrible ending. Good yeah. save. It's not Good that. save. <laughs> the financiers balked and said, no way. No way we're giving you money for this. <laughs> Good for that. So then Emerald had to go back and rewrite it, and she had two scripts in mind. One was... The basically big fuck you cathartic ending with her walking out in the nursing outfit with the burning. And the other was what we got. But uh, she really wanted to keep the story real. And she knew that realistically she was never walking out of that house walking in with 20 men. A- any one of them could have overpowered her. Even, obviously, even with one arm. I think she kept it really real. You know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And Carrie Mulligan described this character as a cavalier with her life for her cause. I thought that was the perfect way to put it. I agree. Yeah. And that's all I got. Final thoughts to you, Jeffrey. All right, uh, excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch it. Uh, Five ninety nine on Amazon. If you yeah. haven't seen it, spoiler alert. I hope you're not listening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, I hope this movie uh, gets some Oscar love. Uh, I do need to see others before I just totally reign it king. But this this movie was excellent, and it was so fun to watch, and, and really fun to deep dive on. Yeah, for me, I mean, this movie was like powerful, like I said, and it, it stuck with me all day today. And it was hard to watch as a man too. You know, I'd like to think that as I was walking through my day, this this took up my whole day. Even during work, I was thinking about it that that men can do better. And you know, the one positive thought I got out of today that that we will. And I was thinking about this as the gym, as I was thinking about this movie, and not, and kind of in my own head, there was girls all around us at the gym today, and you know, not wearing very much clothes, working out, and you know, I think. We're headed in the right direction as far as men. I mean, we, we were so respectful. That opening scene with all the men. That that, oh, that yeah, I know. I, I think that was men like. I think that was more like ten years ago. I mean, I can tell you at the gym, all of our buddies were just looking at the ground and the ceiling because we wanted to be respectful in front of these no, women. No, but I mean, bodies it was, right it was obviously us. making fun of the way the oversexualization of women in film. Sure. Because sure. it was crotch shots and shots of men in khaki pants. I didn't catch it yeah, when I was sure. watching. I thought it was brilliant. Sorry. Keep going. Okay, no. Let me, let me go with this. Yes, um, please. Yeah. I, I just felt at that moment today that, that we are doing better. You know, Me Too's top men had to be better. And not all of us are responding. I'm sure some of us will take longer than others. But I do feel for a good portion of us, we're learning to become better men. And this movie reminds us of this and how it was. You know, this took place 10 years ago. And very feasible that stuff like this happened a lot more 10 years ago but i do at least the men that i hang out with feel feel better about it and that that moment in the gym today kind of kind of taught me that so mark well gentlemen uh, this was fun so thanks thanks jeff actually for helping get the ball rolling as to making us watch this movie and 
because this was so good you guys about a month and a half ago i almost watched this movie with my family but i realized it was going to cost me twenty dollars and i was not <laughs> willing to pay the twenty dollars i had the same i was I the definitely same moment, <laughs> i was definitely willing to pay the 6.99 this time around though and you bet your ass over the 48 hours that i did watch it three times why not just to get my money's worth but because it was that that good so thank you emerald fennel this was a great movie i will be rooting for you come oscar season even though i haven't seen everything else thank you carrie mulligan because i will think of you in this not in the small role you had in public enemies which is what i think of you in before and on behalf of Jeff and Nick and myself, I appreciate everybody listening to another edition of Movie Tales, and we'll see you again soon with uh, something something fresh. Take care, everybody.